0: Hey, welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Hunter. Tonight I'm going to have my good buddy Jess Todd Farrington from Kansas on. Uh, We're going to be talking about hunting different flyways, hunting Kansas, stories, old hunts we've had, different things like that. Hope you enjoy. You can follow Jess on Instagram at Jess underscore Dixie6 Outfitters. Thanks and hope you enjoy. What's going on, man? Oh, another
1: day in paradise, man. Living the dream. Yep, trying not to get blown away by these heavy winds we got going on today.
0: Oh, man, I was just outside for an hour and a half anchoring down our uh, pergola. Ooh.
1: sucks. Yeah, it's it's been blowing 30 to 40 here all day.
0: Yeah, we got 28-mile-an-hour winds with wind gusts later tonight up to 58. (laughs) True. Yeah, so there goes my uh, landscaping. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you to redo that one i think <laughs> just planted five trees in my front yard and a bunch of bushes and uh i'm scared they're not gonna be there in the morning yeah i don't think they've
1: had enough time to take root just, <laughs> just yet
0: <laughs> well just uh glad to have you on man i know it's been a, a long time coming you're the first episode back in about six months so uh you should feel extra special <laughs> yeah it's been a while hasn't it yeah it's been a minute but uh dog season's over summer's finally almost here and turkey season's this weekend hey <laughs> anyway, man we got turkeys this weekend i don't, I don't know if it opens yeah. in kansas or not for you guys but we got yeah, a few more days start,
1: uh, we start bow season on monday for turkeys and then uh then gun starts the 13th i believe
0: I'm, i know you so. got a spot picked out uh,
1: well, they've been a little bit tough. They're still wintered up right now, so they're kind of grouped up, been a little bit too a little bit hard to find the last week or so. I've been kinda of riding around looking, but I haven't had too much luck, so
0: Well luck seems to find you when it comes to that, so not mm-hmm. even worried about it.
2: <laughs>
0: but yeah, they they do like me, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well Well just to everybody who who is listening, maybe all five people that listen, uh who you are, what you do. Tell everybody about yourself. All
1: right. Well, uh, man, I'm Jeff Barrington. I'm uh, from a little small town in Louisiana, northwest Louisiana, called Spring Hill. If anybody knows where Shreveport is, about an hour north of Shreveport. Um, I, man, I've been, uh, been traveling the country pretty much since I was 18, uh, hunting and, you know, working and, I guess you could say living the dream. Like you said earlier, Ethan, <laughs> uh, I, mean, I get to do a little bit of everything. Um, primarily I work as a, uh, environmental inspector for a gas company. So that's gets me, uh, gets me traveling quite a bit. Um, other than that, I'm, uh, do a lot of waterfowl hunting, turkey hunting. Um, I, I deer hunt a little bit, I'm not the biggest deer hunter in the world, but I'll, I'll go climb up in a tree with a bow. Got something worth chasing, but, uh, do a little bit of that. I mean, I fish here and there, not the biggest fisherman in the world. Uh, you know, grew up kind of squirrel hunting and stuff. So, I mean, that's where I guess you could say it started. Shooting hogs out on the farm and stuff like that, you know, as I was younger. Waterfowl season pretty much takes over the majority of my life. Even though, even though the season's closed, I'm always talking about it, thinking about it or Wanting to do it, I guess you could say. So, <laughs> uh, Always getting ready for the next season coming up. So it's always a always a process, always a chore to do. So.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't matter what time of the year it is. All we're talking is ducks. Oh, yeah. That's think about. Yeah. I'm, I think about. So. I'm right there with you. A we'll, little we'll background. I've known Jess for about six years now. We hunt in Kansas every once in a while. He won't ever come with me. He'll come hunt in Arkansas. And when he does, I'm somehow not there. So hopefully we'll change that this year with the, our new property. First of all, what got you from Louisiana all the way to Kansas? I gotta, I gotta ask that first. How do you go from small town Louisiana to small town in Kansas?
1: Well, so, um, man, I started out out of college. Um, I went to work on a pipeline as soon as I graduated and are out of high school. I'm sorry. And, uh, went to work on a pipeline for the summer and then I went off I actually went to college for a year I went to uh UL Lafayette go Cajuns <laughs> um went there for a year um I actually planned to go back to school the next year I planned to go back to work that summer and make some more money and you know be able to pay my tuition because I didn't have scholarships or nothing like that and ended up going to work liking the money a little bit too much I guess you could say and man all over the place and been down in Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, uh, Georgia a little bit, Um uh, done some work in Louisiana, obviously and a lot out in Western and, uh, Southern Texas, um, Utah, Colorado, uh, Pennsylvania, man, it's been all around and, uh, did all that for a long time. Um, about, what, what was it, about three years ago when I moved up here going on four right now. Um, actually it'll be three years this coming month. Um, I got a call from uh, from a gas company, uh, and they uh, they offered me this position as a as an inspector instead of in you know general labor and everything. So, offered me the job, offered me the right amount of money, and I packed
0: everything up and left. <laughs> <laughs> well, they placed uh, you in a in pretty awesome spot of Kansas, man. You got it seems like you got everything you could ever need. I mean, with a five minute drive away from your place,
1: man. I'll tell you what I. Uh, kansas was honestly probably one of the last states in the world that i ever thought that i would ever visit or or live in or you know anything honestly i, I as far as i knew the only thing that existed in this place was dorothy and toto but, uh, <laughs> i mean I, and it's it's kind of funny because before i moved here um i actually watched a bunch of videos uh, some hunting videos on youtube about uh about some dry field hunting up here and i was like man i didn't even know it was that big in kansas you know and um i tried to get some guys together we were actually gonna book a hunt um that season that was coming up before i moved here to hunt up here and um ended up falling through a lot of the guys couldn't get off work and couldn't make the commitment so we ended up not doing it and then next thing you know i um I ended up moving here literally right in the uh, same as you know, where the, the outfitter that we were going to hunt with was. And um, I've been here ever since. So
0: Was that strategically uh, on you, you know, positioning yourself to be that close or uh, that just where the job put you? Well, man, it was, it was kind of crazy. So um, one of
1: my buddies from Florida, you know, you know, Gage, uh, oh, yeah. Gage Chancey. He hit me up one day and he said, um, He said, Man, there's this public land place up there in Kansas. We need to take a trip. We need to go hunt it. It's a big deal and all this. And I was like, All right. Well, then I found out I was getting sent up here for work. And I just looked to see how close I was to this place. And I wasn't but 30 minutes from it, whatever, <laughs> where, I, where I was going to be working. And I was like, I called him up immediately and I said, Hey, man. I said, uh, You know, that trip you were talking about. Uh, I'll see you there because I'm fixing to be living there.
0: <laughs> so, and I so shoot it ended up. I know Gage's been up there out. a few times, right?
1: Yeah, he uh, he comes up here. He usually comes and hunts with me once a year. He didn't come. He came this past season, but he didn't come uh, the year before. I think he was too tied up with work. He had started a new job, so he couldn't really get away. And uh, but he was up here with me this year. We had a uh, we had a couple pretty good hunts this year. We I think he killed a real uh real good pintail this year, and that sucker had probably a nine ten inch long sprig on it. It was massive, and uh, we had a pretty good. Uh, Pretty good hunt with him and a couple other guys that I knew up here. We uh, traveled to another area, and some of my buddies from back home were up here hunting. They invited us to come with them. I think we ended up shooting a shooting a six man of mallards, and we killed a few bonus ducks. Um, it was uh, it was an all day grind. I'll tell you that that was that was the longest day hunting I think I've ever had in my life, man. <laughs> we uh, we got out there and took boats and panel blinds and decoys into this place we set, started setting up at one o'clock in the morning and we killed our last mallard shooting light ended legal shooting light ended at four 58 and we killed our last, our last mallard for the women at four
0: fifty seven. Holy crap. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I hope y'all had some spot, some blind snacks out there. Oh I'm man. Cheering. We, we ran out of food it was almost <laughs> to the point We
1: we were almost to the point of drinking the marsh water, man. That's, that's <laughs> how bad it was. It was, it was pretty tough and, Man, I, it was only a couple of us that brought, you know, marsh seats and stuff out there to sit on. And, man, oh, man. it was everybody the next day, we were all cramping and, you know, just sore, and it was, it was terrible. I mean, it was worth it at the end of the day. We, I think whenever the birds were coming consistently, but then they were being real finicky when they'd get close, you know, it just educated birds. And, man, they would come in, and they kept flying all day long. And I think it was 1 o'clock. I think we were 10 birds shy or something like that. And I told him I said, I have not been here this long. I'm not leaving until we finish.
0: Yeah. I mean you might as well. And
1: we toughed it out, man. It was it was a it was a good deal. Shout out to those guys that were there, because I'm gonna tell you what, it, it was a good group of guys and if one person would have not wanted to do it, we probably wouldn't have been able to do it. So everybody mm-hmm. was on board, so that kind of made it all come together. So
0: the best parts are when uh, whenever Gage or Travis drive from Florida they're bitching the whole time, sending me Snapchats. I can't believe we're doing this drive all over again. It's 15, oh, man. whatever, 17 hours. <laughs>
1: oh, man. I heard it from Travis all the way here during Teal season this year because he drove from his house to Louisiana and jumped in with Dickie, and then they drove all night <laughs> to get here. And I'll never forget it. It was I couldn't even sleep that night because they were waking me up with their Snapchats.
0: Oh, they called me at like 1 a.m. And Travis like I just got to Dickie's house. I was like, "Well, I don't care. <laughs> just call me when you get there." <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good little trip, man. Them guys. Travis comes every year. Um, he usually comes for teal every year. He actually came up twice this year. Uh, the second time they flew up, and um, man, it was pretty rough. We spent like the first day and a half, two days scouting, and uh, man, these birds were just weird this year. They were real tough, real educated. We scouted and scouted and we killed a few birds here and there. And when we found a bunch of birds, couldn't get on the field. And the guy, the landowner, we actually met up with an outfitter and uh, they were watching the same one we were. And They wanted to know if we would throw in some money on this field to see if the landowner would change his mind. And we were like, yeah, we'll throw in some money on it. All of us combined with the outfitter, I think we offered them, it was right at $2,000 for this field. And the guy still said no. Oh, man. For a day.
0: <laughs> oh grand. dude, dude.
1: Yeah, t- I two
0: thousand to hunt it for the day and he said no. Hell yeah. Y'all come on out. I'll uh I'll watch over your trucks, you know, just make yourself at home.
1: Man, I'm gonna tell you what, I wish he would have took I I probably would have offered him three grand because we sat there <laughs> we sat there and watched on the side of that road. I bet you I watched a hundred thousand mallards get in that field.
0: Oh, I don't doubt it, man. I mean you when you and me were driving
1: around, there's just
0: birds out there loaded in every little nook and cream you can find. Oh, yeah.
1: Every every duck in that county landed on that field. <laughs> I oh, promise. Man. It was it was the hot feed. They did it for three days in a row.
0: Golly. Oh, man. So, speaking of this year, I know last year, you and Kyle, man, y'all, y'all just had an incredible year. Was this year better or worse? You know, what, what are your thoughts? Man, you
1: know, last year, we uh, October was a real good month for us last year. We, uh, we had a lot. And we killed a lot more of like the big limits. Like, you know, it was one of those, I say big limits. I mean, we had a lot more days when we were killing five and six man limits consistently every day. Like there was no, there were no days in between that we killed five ducks or two limits. Like it was, if we brought five guys, we shot five limits. Oh, um, October was like that. Um, November was pretty rough, man. November was real mild weather. It wasn't, it wasn't cold. We didn't really get a good push of birds. Um, December we found a little honey hole if anybody you know follows me on Instagram they'll see my little my little tag of location I call it the loves which, uh <laughs> not Kyle the gas is. station <laughs> oh well Kyle it's it's kind of a gas station Kyle uh, <laughs> Kyle gave it that nickname because we were we were hunting the spot and the birds didn't roost on it and they weren't feeding there it was just a it was a truck stop they stopped in to get a snack you know get a little something to drink and get a little rest and then they went on somewhere else and Man, we had that place where we found it. We got permission from a landowner to access it, and we were the only people in there. We were showing up 6 o'clock in the morning, dropping the boat in the water, throwing a few decoys out, drinking a couple cups of coffee, and you just look up. And, I mean, you'd have hundreds of mallards just falling in there on top of you. And, man, we went in there. It was every day we were done by seven thirty, eight o'clock, you know, killing Two mans five mans all green not shooting hens I mean shot a couple of geese out of it um, a few pintails and teal we'd catch them every now and then but it was a uh, it was something special man um, it was it was definitely a good year we killed I think our, our final total on ducks was a thousand and twenty six and that was all I mean all public land yeah so it was I, it was a pretty good year
0: I mean oh I remember the day y'all posted that that picture where it was like we super thankful excited whatever you know we finally broke our goal of a thousand birds and i was like you got to be kidding me man we're well, over yeah. here like we're just trying to hit 75 like what? <laughs> well, and you would you would know that thousand bird would be a dadgum
1: spoonbill you know me and Kyle was excited about that as we could be cause you know how we are with our with mr hollywood oh <laughs> man oh uh, yeah but no this season man um uh, you know my difference there I didn't really keep count of the birds this year after we hit that thousand last year. I started out this season keeping count and we got to, uh, we were probably around 350, 400. And I quit counting because I it kind of started taking the fun out of it for me. Right. So I just, I was too worried about numbers and too worried about beating my goal from last year. And the birds kind of got slow on us. And it was just, we were, we were killing ducks every day. We were, just weren't killing limits that we did the year before and you know it was kind of it was kind of rough man I mean it was one of them things it was it was I say it was hard to make yourself get out of the bed to hope you go kill a limit today and then not kill a limit but I mean we all know we're gonna do it anyways because we love doing this and you know so that was one of those deals but I would say by the end of the season if I had to guess I would say we probably did still kill over a thousand um we we hunted a lot more geese this year. Honestly, we we shot the ducks pretty good, you know, here and there. And then we found a few spots that would stay hot for a few days, and you know, then they would just die out. And then, you know, of course, we went to uh, we went out to Texas and hunted with uh, Cadillac Creek and uh, Toby Brolin and them out there on New Year's, and that was
0: looked like that a was blast.
1: Amazing. Oh, dude, we had we had a great time. Those guys are awesome. Like ten out of ten, recommend. I mean, they're they're definitely uh, they're definitely different different group of guys but i think that's what we liked about them so much man they were cool they were laid back they they didn't make you feel like you were you know just another number out there i mean they they really had a good um we we built a good little little friendship with them, man they were they were great you know we got out there it was kind of an odd time and i mean we killed a bunch of geese while we were there we got to shoot cranes you know that was all of our first time going on a crane hunt so that was cool i mean you know, we got to do that, and just you know, we, we made some we made some pretty good memories out there. Plus, it was New Year's, so you know, we all had to go out on New Year's. <laughs> so that was a that was a that was an exciting thing. But yeah, I mean, we focused a lot on the geese, and you know, there later in the season because the ducks got rough and uh killed a lot of snow geese. Had some really good snow goose hunts. Uh, me and uh me and my photographer Haley, we actually went out. Um, everybody else left, and it was just still me and her here. And I'd been saw this public field that um a man it had geese on it for two or three days straight and it wasn't a bunch of them but there was a few like big honkers on it and I said you know what we were trying and trying to find something and I said you know what like we hadn't found anything I know there's geese on this field we're gonna go out there in the morning just me and you we're gonna set up two layout blinds and some full bodies and if we kill something we kill something we don't we don't I don't care and uh we set up on that field me and her and it was uh, it was pretty cold that morning. I'm not gonna lie. I, was, I don't really get you know me. I don't really get cold, but that was one of those questionable mornings of why am I out here? But uh, we had a we had a group of about twelve honkers come flying across this field, coming straight at us, and the rest of them, all of them but two, broke off and left us. And these two came in and did it as pretty as you could ever imagine. One of those big pterodactyl looking birds doing it. <laughs> and we both pulled up and we both shot and both of them fell out of the sky and i go walk out there to pick them up and they both had a dang band on their legs
0: oh man i i remember that i didn't know that was that hunt but i remember you sent me that picture
1: oh yeah that was that's the only two geese we killed that day shoot <laughs> but it hey, was
0: it's it worth, worth it. it yeah hell yeah, yeah. You shoot was, those it call was. it a day go get some breakfast. Oh yeah, it was
1: it was epic. I mean, we we picked them up and man, we couldn't stop. We we were done. Like at that point we were like, "Let's go." Like, "Let's go home." Like, no longer like, "I'm I'm good to go." But that was that was cool. I mean, that was between those two and then we killed a couple uh couple snow Goose bands this year. Actually, they were both uh they were both blues. They were adult blues, both of them banded. So that was a cool deal. One of them was here in Kansas and one was in Arkansas, so. Really? That was uh yeah we uh and the funny thing was the day that we killed the first banded blue it was um it wasn't even conservation season and it was a few of us up here i think there were seven of us total and it was like four degrees outside and we'd found this feed we were actually hunting lessers and um we couldn't hunt ducks because it was that little break where you can't shoot ducks and specks in january so all you could shoot was snows and lessers well we got out there and uh my buddy dalton beck he's the owner of wing chaser outdoors up here um me and him and uh one of the other owners cam uh we saw this field and we said well we're gonna hunt this tomorrow so it was us and and haley and uh we had these other three girls that we knew and they came up and hunted with us we um we set up a frames on the edge of this field no grass no edge hide i mean and we put out my whole trailer of lesser decoys and Dalton's whole trailer of lesser decoys, and
0: so about the, four thousand decoys. <laughs> I'm no, just it wasn't. It, just wasn't that,
1: it, it, it was all full body. Man. <laughs> it, was, it was snowing. I mean, the ground was frozen, so we weren't putting no stakes or no socks or silos out. I mean, it just it would have been too much work. We sat in a frames with heaters and. You know, we sat there, and we knew they were going to fly late, so it was like, you know, we're going to we're gonna get everything set up. We see the first flock get up off the roost, like, we'll go get in the blind, whatever. We see them get up, and uh, we thought it was lessers, and it was not. It was 100% snows, and those snows, I don't know if they just wanted to die or if the cold weather froze their brains or what was going <laughs> on, but, man... I remember Dalton's famous quote of the day. I told him, I said, well, this blind's brushed pretty good. Maybe, you know, they might not see us. And his his famous quote of the day was, oh, no, they're going to see us. It's just going to (laughs) matter if they give a shit or not. (laughs) I mean, and let me tell you, them geese did not give a shit. That one flock of snow geese came in and did it as dirty as they could do it. I mean, right in our faces. And we pulled up. Like I said, we didn't have extended tubes. All we could shoot was three shots. And we shot them. And they'd fly out about seven, eight hundred yards, and they'd turn around, and they'd come back and do it again. And we would shoot them again and shoot them again. And we killed by the end of the day, we killed sixty-four snow geese and two lessers with seven people and three shots in their guns. And it was it was wild because the first bird that the dog brought back was that banded blue. Oh, that's man. that's how the day started. We shot first volley, probably killed twenty or so out of it. And my dog and his dog both go out to go get birds and his dog comes back first. And the first bird he brings back has got a band on his leg.
0: That almost ruins your day. Cause then all, all you can think about is, all right, we got to get another band. And then you just man, get it let was, down.
1: <laughs> you kill man, them. to be honest with you, I don't think none of us checked up a bit. Everybody took a picture of it. By the time we realized what was going on, them geese were coming back again.
2: Yeah. You know I mean, yep.
1: and it, it went like that till about 1030. And, um, back that evening and uh and shot more i mean we we set up you know we left everything sitting in the field we left went and got something to eat came back that evening and, and the snow geese did it again and then we had some lessers come and the bad part about that day was had it been duck season or spec season we could have easily shot a seven man of specs and a seven man of ducks i mean we had ducks that were coming and, and landing in the decoys oh, and there man. was nothing we could do about it but oh, sit man. there and watch them I mean it, it, was, it was torture i'm talking about groups of two to three hundred mallards i mean we've got videos of it it was just two or three hundred mallards and widgeon and pintail just at a time just coming and sitting in the decoys
2: yeah Lee.
1: and and then they'd leave and we'd shoot at the geese that came back and then the ducks would come back <laughs> I yeah and it was it was it was nuts man it was, it was a crazy day and you know we we got a lot of a lot of good hunts like that. And toward the end of the, the late goose season we killed quite a bit of birds and uh snow goose season we had some some awesome hunts, man. Um, it was definitely uh, definitely a pretty crazy deal. I mean I we uh we hunted a few times with Dalton and Wing Chasers up here. I mean, phenomenal hunts. I man, I think we had one that was a hundred and forty six bird day and another one was hundred and thirty-one bird day um and i think there was another one that was like a 100 it's like 105 or something like that i don't remember the exact number but it was uh it was pretty awesome i mean doing that i mean it was a great season real short season as far as snow geese went i mean when they got gone they got gone yeah (laughs) but yeah it was overall i'd say we probably killed the same amount of ducks as last year and a lot more geese definitely but we focused on the geese a lot more this year than we did last year so that's i guess that factors in but
0: yeah I mean, you're, you're just hunting what's available you know it's like you got some years you got a, you got more ducks in the area than geese other years you got more geese in the area than ducks So i mean yep. you're just kind of chasing after whatever's there but, yep. can't kill
1: them on the couch that's for sure
0: yeah, i'm sure you don't <laughs> stay on the couch very long unless you're sleeping but uh, yep uh so heard a rumor today i don't know if this applies to kansas or not uh Apparently, Arkansas is talking about this year maybe uh, up in the spec limit to three.
2: Man, well, I've heard
0: anything about that over in uh, your neck of the woods or not, but heard that today, and I was like, "Shit, that'd be a, that could change a lot for Arkansas." Uh, as they need to
1: do it in Arkansas, honestly, um, it would definitely help out because those things are going to end up turning into snow geese if they don't do something.
0: Oh no, kidding! Um, I mean, it's there's so many of them. I mean, it's just all day long spec after spec
1: it's going to help a lot of the outfitters down. There, I, think. I mean, it's, it's going to be a good thing for them because you know, the the duck seasons and duck hunting has kind of gotten rough down there. And, you know, a lot of the duck outfitters have pretty much turned into spec outfitters just because they want to put their clients on birds. I mean, if they don't have ducks, but they got specs, I mean, you got to let your clients shoot their guns and, you know, that's how that's been, you know, last couple of years has been going downhill, but I think that'll help these outfitters because a lot of clients are real skeptical about taking an all-spec hunt because they don't want to pay this much money to shoot two birds. Which I mean is understandable, but at the same time, you know, it is you know the that's the hunt you pay for. But I mean, I think it'll help out with the decision on people being able to get booked more clients again for sure.
0: Oh yeah, um, uh, and and the the other thing some people don't factor in as much, and we can touch on that here in a minute, but there's a lot that goes into being a guide, you know, it's not just you show up and you hunt, you know, these guys are scouting all the fields, setting up decoys, servicing all their equipment to make sure they get you out there safely. And, you know, there's, there's so much stuff that goes into it. Oh yeah. There's a lot
1: more time and money than, you know, than what people under, you know, people realize, I mean, even doing what we do up here with our freelancing and stuff, man, it's, you know, you, I mean, I can't tell you how much money I spend on diesel just driving around and sitting on fields looking for birds, you know, doing this, doing that. I mean, there's times I'll leave the house to go scouting at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning just to get in the area I want to be in by daylight. And then I'm chasing birds around until lunchtime and going to get something to eat at lunch. And then after that, I'm back after them in the evening. I mean, you pretty much drive eight hours a day, you know, eight, ten hours a day. And that's, I mean, here it's a little different because it's a widespread area and, you know, there's nothing, we don't have anything leased. So it's not like I'm going to look at like this guy's property that I have leased or nothing like that. You know, Arkansas, they have a lot of their stuff leased down there, but I mean, they still have to do a lot of driving. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. Your
1: your fuel, you're going to eat every day, you know, the decoys setting them up. Sometimes if you got to run a big spread, some guys get out there and do it at two o'clock in the morning, you know, out there putting them out and you show up at shooting light and them guys look like they've been working a night shift some, somewhere all night long. They look like they're exhausted, haven't slept. And you know, they, you do that for 60 days straight. I don't care who you are. If, if you doing that for 60 days straight and you're not beat, you're on drugs. Yeah. no you know kidding. I mean? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's just, you know, it, it'll, it'll take a toll on everybody, man. It's, you know, and like here, you know, we've got, we start hunting teal in September and ducks and, you know, regular ducks in October and, man we have between that and then getting into snow geese i mean it's it's 100 plus bird or 100 plus you know day season for me i mean and a lot of guys i mean that stuff will wear you down people don't realize you know you're paying this much money for this but you gotta you know them guys are putting in a lot of work to make sure that you have the best opportunity you
0: can have no absolutely absolutely so that so that, i guess we can kind of get into it uh so are, are you currently a god right now I know not in Kansas, but uh, I know you do a little bit of guiding in Arkansas, Missouri. I think Nebraska, or I know you. I know you've done some guiding. You you guide some people in different places and all that. And then I know you've talked about starting up your own guide service. You know, if you if you don't mind, you know, fill everybody in a little bit about that.
1: Well, we're uh, we're still in the process with uh, with Arkansas. I was planning to get started down there a lot sooner, but I haven't really. With my regular job, I haven't been able to really get down there and put the time in that I want to. So I've just been kind of putting that on hold. Um, that and was also planning on building a lodge down there whenever all the uh, material prices skyrocketed. And I went ahead and backed out on that deal because I just didn't want to waste my money. I didn't want to spend more than what I wanted to and then be in a hole whenever everything went back to normal. So I kind of held off, made a financial decision there. Um, Lately, I've just been kind of accumulating everything, making sure I've got everything when I do get ready to to hit this thing running. I've got what I need, and I don't have to worry. Um, I have done some guiding in uh, in Missouri. I actually didn't go there this year. Um, it was a real bad season there. I I hunting club up there um, the year that I moved up here, and um, my first weekend there, I went and hunted just as a club member, you know and. I kind of developed a friendship with the guy that owns it. Well, he does, uh, he does, he sells guided hunts there, um, uh, and like standing flooded corn and dry fields. And, uh, we've got some sloughs. And, um, that particular year we had some flooded timber, which people are going to be like, oh, it's not real flooded timber. I mean, it was woods that flooded because of the river. So I mean, <laughs> if that's what you want to call it, no one else can call it. But, uh, we had some flooded timber on the nebraska side of the river that uh that we had leased and our corn and our stuff in missouri started kind of plummeting i guess in duck numbers and we had this place over in nebraska so we go take a look at it well none of the other guides that worked there had ever hunted in the woods before they didn't know anything about hunting timber well you know that's i grew up hunting in louisiana and arkansas so well, i mean it's your bread it's, and butter you know, yeah that's where i was pretty much born i guess as far as the waterfowl world and so I was like, well, I said, I, you know, so I kind of told him what was going on. And he's like, well, do you want to be a guide? Which, I mean, I was guiding for him in the corn and stuff before, but that's not really guiding. It's more just telling people when to pull the trigger. But, <laughs> um, you know, so I was like, yeah, I said, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out and this and that. And he was like, well, you know, he said, what do you want me to pay you? And I said, honestly, I said, you don't have to pay me anything. I said, you pay for my gas and pay for my food while I'm here and we'll call it even. Yeah, I mean, because that was my only expense, really, while I was over there, you know, so he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. So, man, we uh, we got this flooded timber deal. It was me and uh, one of the other guys. He was from uh, he was from Marysville, Missouri. Um, and the other guy was from Minnesota and still really good friends with these guys to this day. Neither one of them guides there anymore. But we uh, man, we took some clients off into this timber and uh, we put a whooping on the mallards just about <laughs> every day we went in there. It got to the point where, man, that place was so on fire with those ducks, we could drive the boat in there at noon, twelve o'clock, and set up a dozen, two dozen decoys and a spinner, and we could shoot our three man, just us three guides, shoot our three man and be gone out of there. It'd take us longer to get in there and put out decoys than it did to kill fifteen (laughs) mallards. I mean, it was it was nuts. I mean, it was crazy deal and. We actually guided. I, I tell people this, and they don't believe me. And then they look the guy up and see who it is. We actually guided the um, the owner of Neutrogena. No kidding. One weekend in there, he, him, and the guy that owns the place up there, they've been good buddies for a long time. And uh, he came down, and I didn't know it was him the first first day they were there. I didn't know who the guy was, and they. Uh, Hunting, we called these guys the uh, the Susie Slayers because you could, you could guarantee if a, if a group of 20 mallards came in and it was 19 drakes and one hen, that hen was going to die. <laughs>
2: there, there, was,
1: there was no question about it. But They were a great bunch of guys, man. Um, you know, like I said, I got it up there for a couple of years and um, didn't go back this year. I hate that I didn't get to go up there this year, but man, I wasn't going to drive all the way over there if there wasn't ducks for us to hunt, you know, so it was kind of one of those. Kind of one of those things, but maybe next year it'll pick up and we'll uh we'll get back after him over there some. And you know, I just pretty much did the weekend thing over there for him. But other than that, man, that's that's about all it's been as far as my actual guiding career, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah. But. So I, I know you were hot and heavy in it, and then COVID hit, and the price of lumber just skyrocketed, and material. I mean, everything was just through the roof. Because I remember you were talking about. Man, I'm ready to pull the trigger, ready to get this thing going. You know, if, if prices start going back down, what do you think your uh, timeline looks like on something like that?
1: Man, if them prices will get back down, it'll probably right after they get there. I'm, all, I'm not <laughs> going to waste no more time. I, I've got the, the property, uh, the guy that's that I'm buying it from, he's not in a, in a rush to sell it. It's a guy I know. and uh, He's basically just holding it until I get ready to build. And, you know, I, I had that house down there in Louisiana that I bought and uh, – I sold it last February and the plan was sell it and start building in March. And, uh, when I went and talked to, well, I called and set up an appointment to talk to a builder, uh, cause you know, me being out of town, I was going to have to set up something so I could get back there and go see him. And I set up an appointment about a week before the appointment, uh, the builder called me and his exact words were, Jess, I can do what you want me to do, but it's probably going to cost double what I told you originally. Oh my God! He said, "He said if you want my honest opinion, he said I'll take your money if you want to give it to me, but if you want my honest opinion, I'd wait." And you know, him being honest with me like that—that was a sign. I said, "You know what? I'm just gonna wait."
2: Yeah.
1: So, getting ready to pull the trigger on it though. Hopefully, it's coming pretty soon, and we can start moving into doing what we got going down there. So,
0: as soon as it's ready to roll,
1: man, you know I'll be the first client. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'll have to get you an old gobble over there
0: again. <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting on that invite for his place. Yeah, me and you both. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, you don't. so many guys don't think about Dyersburg, especially, you know, guys in Nashville, man. we. If you live in Nashville and you hunt, I mean, odds are, you're going to Arkansas, you make the drive. I mean, suck it up, do whatever. But, man, Dyersburg – has recently turned into a little honey hole, man. They, you know, you can't can't joke about Dyersburg anymore, man. They, they kill the shit out of them. You know, oh, yeah, gobbling them definitely kill
1: them. And that lodge they got over there, man, that place. Is,
0: what is that thing? I like, mean, 10,000
1: square feet. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's five star all the way. <laughs> I mean, that, that place is, I mean, it, it looks like one of those dream homes that I'd have if I ever won the lottery. <laughs> I mean, it, it's nuts.
0: Yeah. Two story yeah.
1: fireplace. Oh, yeah, two-story fireplace. I think they got a swimming pool and a hot tub, which is probably two of the last things you need at a hunting camp.
0: Yeah, talk about roughing it. <laughs> yeah, they're, we, they're... we slept in a, in a trailer for a year, and we thought that was great. It at least had heaters in it.
1: Oh, I'm telling you, man. I've, I've slept in some funny places for duck hunting. It's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I got There's a picture of me that my photographer took um, one of the last days we duck hunted this year. I'm pulling a sled on the bank um, headed back to the truck after we just got done killing some ducks. And there's a, on top of the sled, there's a pillowcase, or not a pillowcase. I'm sorry, a pillow and a sleeping bag. And uh, my caption on the picture was, yeah, that's me. You're probably wondering why I have a sleeping <laughs> bag and a pillow. It's, uh, it's uh, one of those things, man. We found this cool little place up here and we had to sleep on the, um, on the bank of the water in, the hole in a sleeping bag with our full waders and everything with a buddy heater so that nobody stole that hole because you, I mean, we had people set up 150 yards from us and they'd blow, blow calls all day long. And them ducks wouldn't even look at them. They know they wanted right where we were every day. It was, there is was like three days straight. We went in there and we just beat the crap
0: out of them. <laughs> man. That, I mean, was, sounds a lot like the first time I came up there, man. It's freaking. I slept in your boat. Y'all slept in lawn chairs. Andrew was the only smart one that had a camper on his truck. and slept, slept in his truck bed, got got away from all the damn mosquitoes. Man, those things in Kansas, I mean, shoot, about the size of a teal. Yeah, they're, uh, they're pretty massive up here. I,
1: I'm, I'm from Louisiana, and I thought we had bad mosquitoes down there. I'm here to tell everybody in Louisiana, if you're listening to this, we do not have bad mosquitoes in <laughs> come to Kansas. These things will try to bite you through your shirt, and when their little snout gets caught in your shirt, they'll try to fly off with you. Oh you man! See your shirt lift off of your shoulder.
0: Yeah, no, no kidding.
1: <laughs> it is, it is not a joke, man. Those things are, uh, they're insane up here, they, <laughs> and they're everywhere. I mean, oh man, it's, it's wild, man. That's yeah. It'd be, uh, it'd be, it'd be real nice out there at that place we were out. We were hunting that day if
0: we'd have had a big five-star lodge with a hot tub stuff, Oh you know? no kidding man. That'd be <laughs> we'd be Cadillacing. Oh yeah. But so so you moved from Louisiana to Kansas. So you were hunting before you ever moved up to Kansas, correct? Yeah. All right. So what so what got you into the outdoors?
1: Man, when I was uh man, I kind of honestly don't know how old I was to be honest with you. I was young and my um uh, my dad used to take me, you know, my dad used to work out of town kind of like I do and when he'd come into town during hunting season, either him or my uncle, they used to take me, you know, let me go sit in the deer stand, box stand. And when I was a kid, you know, kid with your dad, kid with your uncle, you didn't really care about it, killing nothing. You just wanted to be up there. And, you know, I finally got my first deer. I don't remember how old I was. I actually killed this deer, uh, in Hainesville, Louisiana, which a lot of people that deer hunt in Louisiana will know where Hainesville is There's a lot of big deer that get killed out of that area. Um, killed my first deer. And, you know, we used to, me and my dad used to squirrel hunt a lot and, um, I got into the waterfowl hunting, man, I'd say when I was in like junior high or somewhere around there, I went, I got my hunter safety stuff and I went, uh, one of my buddy's dads, um, he took us out one day and I killed my first duck, shot a wood duck, you know, that's typical Louisiana thing. First duck's always going to be a wood duck or a freaking merganser, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, you're lucky if you kill a mallard, you know, for your first duck, you're, you're a king for a week, you know, that's how it works, but, uh. No, I killed my first wood duck and I, I got to hunt here and there with them as a kid, you know, and, uh, it was mostly like my, my, my parents didn't waterfowl hunt. So it was mostly like my friend's parents. And then like, once we all got old enough to do it ourselves, you know, I had a couple guys that, uh, that had blinds and had boats, you know, before I had my own like actual gear, um, that I used to go with a lot. And, uh we started branching out into public land and stuff like that. And then I ended up buying Uh, my, started you know slowly getting my own decoys and going to walk in places. And then I ended up getting my, my own boat, got me a mud boat. And I started hunting, you know, more places, and more places. And, you know, it was one of those kind of deals. I kind of started out with my friends first. And then, you know, just, I'm like a sponge when it comes to this stuff, man. I'm always listening. I'm always trying to learn something, always studying. So, you know, that's kind of, I wouldn't say that I was that I was self-made on it because I learned a lot from those guys that I used to hunt with you know that had been that their parents actually did it with them growing up so it was one of those kind of deals I, I got my base start with them guys and man ever since I got out on my own really doing it I've just been kind of trial and error learn as you go you know learn from you know more and more you know people that have been in the industry longer and you know just whatever you can do to do it. But yeah, I mean, that was pretty much that first deer that I killed, I think would be if I had to give you an exact answer to that question. <laughs>
2: the first deer that I killed,
1: well, that first little taste of blood, I think was it for me. That's, that's when the, the light switch clicked on. And I don't think it's ever going to go
0: off. You must've made a lot of mistakes starting out because dude, you're, you're freaking sharp as attack when it comes to scouting, looking at the weather, figuring out different patterns and knowing where the ducks are, man. I mean, i it seems like during duck season, every time I talk to you after 8 a.m., you're on the road. You're not sitting in one spot. You're not hunting the same spot every day. You're constantly yeah. scouting. And, and it, it pays off, man. You, you put in the work and, you know, you eat what you kill.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I've I've made a lot of mistakes as far as trying to, you know, the trial and error <laughs> thing. It's uh... – I have definitely done some stuff and as soon as I as soon as I saw what happened when I did it, realized, well, that right there ain't going to work. So, uh <laughs> we're going to have to try something else. Man, and I, and I say that, you know, I'm 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 not going to sit here and take all the credit cuz I mean, you know, you know how I am when it comes to all the guys that hunt with me too, man. Every one of you guys, I mean, usually I I can only be as good as the guys I got out there with me cuz I still make mistakes and I still don't see stuff and you know, there's a lot of times, you know, a lot of the people that I hunt with are very experienced too. So they might see something I don't and they catch me on that and say, Hey, you know, that's, we need to do this. That's not going to work. Or, Hey, do you want to do this instead? You know, everybody kind of bounces ideas. That's one good thing about our crew, man, is it's, you know, you got so many different things. Like, you know, you were talking about Kyle and Andrew, like, you know, them two guys, they're from California. Like they, they're not used to anything used to what I'm, you know, that I'm used to hunting completely different world. And uh, you know they catch things all the time that I don't, and it's like or something I didn't know. I mean, and they're both you know way younger than me. I think Andrew just turned twenty one. I mean, he's he's a young cat. You be kidding you got... me? <laughs> Shit. Oh yeah, looks he's, like he's, he's a... damn thirty years old. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a baby man. He's he's still young. He just uh, he actually popped his twenty first birthday cherry over there where you live. He was in Nashville. Oh
2: <laughs> so... man. <laughs> oh yeah. So he. Poor
1: guy, <laughs> but uh, yeah, him and I mean Kyle. You know Kyle. You know how he is. He's he's as goofy as they come. That's uh, for sure. If uh, man, he is a keep a- your eyes on him, Oh yeah, you keep your eyes on him. You'll get all the entertainment you need throughout the day. <laughs> it's, it's it's gonna happen. But but he's hey, he's sharp, man. He's sharp as a tack. I, I will say that that guy is uh, he's real real witty when it comes to this stuff, man. He, and he's real fast on the move. That's that's one thing I like about him. He sees something's wrong. He's not going to waste no time. He's going to try to figure out how to fix it real quick.
0: So, oh he's... man, I, and I I couldn't be more appreciative. You know, we we drove in from Nashville and it turned into a seventeen hour drive because we had to pee and get food and then gas and then it just well, the dogs had to pee. slow you down in the back No seat. shit. <laughs> <laughs> but man, you know, I, you know, it couldn't be more appreciative. We we show up. You guys have been scouting all week long and. You know, you say, hey, y'all do this. Let's do this. Everybody be safe. Shot a prayer out that morning before the hunt. You kind of gave everyone a quick safety rundown. You know, it everything worked out great. But it's because you guys are so well prepared for it, y'all, you'll hunt together all the time, but you're smart about it. You're not, hey, let's, you know, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do some sketchy shit. You guys were prepared for it. You guys had everything in place lined up. You knew exactly where to go, where you wanted to be, how to get there. This is what we're gonna do. At this time we're putting the boats in. Man, it couldn't have gone any better. Yeah, me and uh me and Kyle usually tr-
1: leave the sketchy stuff and the trial run stuff for when it's just me and him out there hunting. <laughs> <laughs> because when it doesn't work, we don't want everybody else to look at us like, look at these two jackasses.
2: <laughs> like, yeah, no. Me,
1: me and Kyle tried something last year, man. It was uh we didn't know if it was gonna work or if we was gonna look stupid but we was going to try it anyways we knew we'd we'd been watching the weather man and we'd seen a lot of weather coming in up north and a lot of a lot of snow a lot of cold fronts going to push for a few days straight and we knew we were going to have new birds migrating in well you know everybody at this place we were hunting you'd see the boats at the ramp they'd have one or two dozen decoys and this and that nobody was killing ducks I mean me and Kyle were still killing them but we were, we were having trouble decoying a lot of birds, man. We were scratching limits, but it wasn't easy. Like it had been. And we knew these new birds were going to be coming and man, me and him went to my house and his house and we got every single floating decoy that we had. I mean, (laughs) I'm talking about if it, if it would float and had, and there was a way to put a weight on it, we had it in that boat and we went out there. I think we were running six mojos, um, and I want to say our grand total was about thirteen dozen decoys, and, and that's quite a bit for where you guys are. Oh yeah, we had pulsators, we had two jerk rigs going. I mean, we had I had these motion decoys. I couldn't even tell you what they're called that were out there. I mean, we had everything you could think of. Every every decoy we had that was made for water was in that water.
0: And the kitchen and, sink.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, well that's what we that's what we called it. We threw the kitchen sink out. But <laughs> let me tell you. We did it, and um, me and him went out there that first morning, and we threw them out all, just the two of us, and we hunted, and we shot our two-man in about seven or eight minutes. It did not take long. The next day, uh, we had two guys from Louisiana show up to hunt, and um, they showed up at, I think they got here at 3 o'clock in the morning as two of our buddies from Monroe, and they showed up and woke me up. I was still on the couch asleep. And uh, they woke me up and we jumped up and start heading out there. And when we tell them what we're going to do, they're looking at us like we're crazy. (laughs) They're like, there ain't no way we threw them out. And I think it took us 20, 30 minutes and we had a four man. I mean, and it, it went like that for, I think it was shoot. I think we threw that same spread out every day for like a week and a half. And it just, I mean, once it finally went to crap, it went to crap, but that last day when it didn't work out we we're like all right greater spread's done we're not doing this anymore <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. God." <laughs> but we did it we did it every day i mean it was uh, it was nuts i mean that's just something that me and kyle you know we got to thinking we were sitting here on my couch at the house after we hunted that day and you know we just got to talking about it and you know it just it was a plan that me and him both kind of looked at each other and the light bulb flicked on and it was like hey we need to try this let's just try it there's nobody else coming it's just us two Let's see what happens. Worst come to worse, we don't kill anything, you know. And it it worked. I mean, that's one of those deals that you know you didn't expect it, but it worked.
0: Yeah, hey, I mean, it all. I mean, it's worth the try. I mean, shoot, you had nothing to lose. I mean, you lose a day, but shoot, you get you gained a whole week at killing birds. So why not? Oh yeah, it definitely was worth it at the end of
1: the day for sure.
0: So so speaking of that, so it's kind of interesting how your whole group kind of developed you know Andrew's from California Grant's from some small town somewhere and Kyle I mean (laughs) you got you got all these guys you introduced me to you know I met them day one I mean they're uh, they're buddies of mine forever I mean they're awesome guys but how do you you know it always seems like you meet all these guys and you know is this from somebody else walking up into your hole and them jumping in with you or how how did any of these relationships develop well it's kind of man it's kind of crazy
1: they're, they're all different i could say um you know Kyle, you got kyle andrew and and uh they're all from california so kyle is from sacramento Andrew is from fresno grant i'm not sure what town he's from up there it's near it's somewhere near fresno i believe
0: i remember um, some small town i just couldn't remember where
1: yeah and so they, so these three guys, so I'll give you a little spill on them. Um, they, Andrew, I met Andrew and Kyle first. So I went to hunt a public refuge here during teal season. Um, Travis and them had just left. I just dropped them off at the airport the day before. And we actually hunted this place the day before and shot, I think we shot like 20 or 20 or 22 teal that morning as their last hunt before they flew home. And, um, They were like, man, you ought to go back out there tomorrow. I bet you could shoot your solo in the morning. And I was like, yeah, I'll probably go back out there, just me and a dozen decoys and the dog, you know, just just for a little solo hunt. Well, I pull up in the parking lot, and uh, Kyle and Andrew were there, and they were in Kyle's truck, RIP. (laughs) But uh... No,
0: he's driving a Corolla
1: yeah that's that's his uh, he calls it his uh you know he's from california so he's got a little uh he's got his little hood side in him he calls it the trap car <laughs> but uh, but he uh
0: sounds appropriate
1: man, that dude's something else man he uh in there and they're getting their stuff out of the truck and i you know i pull up you know me i can talk to a, a brick wall you know I'm, friend, I'm i can be friends with anybody and you know i walk up and i'm getting my stuff out of the truck and um uh, I had my, that was when I had my raptor at the time and um, I'm sitting there and like, they're like, man, nice truck. You know, I like those raptors and this and that. We just get to talking. And, you know, I asked them. I said, I said, where are you guys planning on hunting? I was like, you know, I want to make sure I don't get on top of y'all. I said, if you guys are going this spot, I'll try to get away from y'all, you know, trying to be courteous and everything. You know, they're from California. And from what I understand, the public refuges over there, people don't do that. They don't talk to you. They don't try to work together. You know, they they don't do that. So him and Andrew both just looked at each other like crazy. Like, uh, did this guy just ask us that? Like, what's going on? Imagine and, asking uh, that at an
0: Arkansas boat right
1: now. <laughs> right? Well, they asked – or I asked them, and they are like, oh, we're going to go all the way to the very back. Like, and I knew where they were talking about so we're going to go back there. I was like, well, I said, man, I said, is it just you two? And they're like, yes. I said, well, dude, I said, I'm here by myself. I was like, there's this little island right out here in the middle that, like, we shot twenty-two on it yesterday, like, if you guys just want to come hunt with me, so we don't, you know, we're the only people here, so we don't screw each other up, you know, you guys, we can just all hunt together, and they're like, really? Like, re- re- you, you're you, okay with that? And I was like, yeah, like, I don't care, <laughs> like, why not? I mean, you guys aren't <laughs> going to shoot me, are y'all. <laughs> like, so, we ended up going out there that day, and we all sat on that little island and hunted, and, I, man, I think we probably killed, I don't know, we probably killed seven or eight birds that day. It wasn't a real good morning. It was right at the – Right in the middle of teal season, we kind of were waiting on a new push of teal to come. And, you know, it was kind of slow. And, well, you know, we just got to talking and I told him, I said, man, I got a boat. You know, I said, I hunt this other place up the road. We usually kill them pretty good there. I said, I just didn't want to go there today because I was by myself. So if you guys ever want to hunt, you know, just holler at me, get my number, and y'all can come hunt with me. I mean, I hunt by myself a lot. Well, um, when I told them that, let me tell you, I don't think that there was a weekend. (laughs) <laughs> that, them, that them guys were not at my house hunting with me. Uh, you know, they came over here and stayed here because they they lived an hour away, and I live five minutes from the place. And uh, they stayed here every weekend. I'm pretty <clears> sure. sure Andrew and Grant skipped baseball practice at least 20 times that season.
0: As long as their coach isn't listening. Yeah. They, uh, it seems like they have a lot of sick days. yeah they they had a
1: lot (laughs) andrew had a real interesting sick day right there in october (laughs) i know you remember that one but uh yeah man those guys they you know they came and i mean they just pretty much became a became a part of the family man i mean it's one of them deals you know and that's how nine times out of ten it is with any of the guys that hunt with me i mean travis usually brings a new guy from florida every year and he always brings good people man i mean that's the thing you know you guys from tennessee i mean old old Lindley from Oklahoma you know he's a goofy one but we still love him Love (laughs)
2: you
1: know and then you know my guys from back home in Louisiana that come and you know stuff like that I've actually become pretty good friends with a lot of people around here Uh, you know it seems like every year we pick up a couple new guys that get added to the group and you know become part of it and you know it just it just gets bigger and bigger every year and I mean it just turns into one big family I mean because that's you know, we get in all these group messages together and we just all talk and you, you'd think we hate each other because of some of the stuff <laughs> we say to each other, but it's a, uh, it's a big family, man. It's one of them things that these guys, I know I can count on them. They know they can count on me and the same with each other. And, you know, it's just something that it always brings us back. You know what I mean? Like the, that hunting season of the year, like it always brings us back and it opens new opportunities and, you know, having people all over the country is what it's about, man. I mean, you know, it's one of them things. If I wanted to go kill a Turkey in Florida, I call Travis and Hey man, come on down, you know, stay with me, you know, same thing with, you know, anybody else. I mean, that's how we all are. You know, that's yeah, kind of yeah. how it
0: developed. <clears throat> and it's interesting whether people want to admit it or not, you know, it seems like the whole duck hunting community, it's a giant networking, you know, community. It seems like, you know, you, you talk to one guy, he's like, Hey man, we got birds. Come on, jump in the truck, head this way. You go hunt your buddy's place. He knows he's going to be able to hunt your place one day when you got birds. But you jump in the pit, jump in a blonde, whatever, jump in the woods. You end up meeting four or five guys, get their number. You know, you talk to them on Instagram, whatever. Down the road, you and this new guy maybe be hunting more than you and your buddy. Yep. Man, you, know, you, you and, Man, you never know who you're going to meet. That's that's what's crazy, man. I mean, yeah, you know? shoot. You and me met through a pro staff opportunity a long time ago. You know, started talking outside the group, and one thing led to another, and then it turns out you and me ended up hunting together, became buddies, and now we talk every week. Yep. that's so, Man, it's
1: crazy. You, you You run into so many different people doing this, man, and, you know, you make so many good friendships and relationships that, you know, there's – there's people that I've met through hunting that, I mean, when I get married, they'll be in my wedding. Oh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, you're,
0: you're coming to my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's,
1: it's stuff like that. You know, it's, I mean, you, you never really realize it until how important it is, you know, in a lot of the community now, which I mean, you know, some people have every reason to not want to make new friends hunting and, you know, they've been screwed over by somebody before. I mean, and that's, that's understandable. It's hard to know who you can trust sometimes. And, you know, I personally, I've been burned several times and, you know, but I still that I don't take that out on everybody else. You know, I still, you know, give people a chance and, you know, if I get burned, I get burned, you know, it is what it is. That's just part of it. But yep. I mean, yep. at that point, if somebody burns me on a hole at that point, they're just going to have to outwork me to get there.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's <laughs> and, just how it is. I, uh, it was funny. I was talking to Zane about that a while back in a podcast and, you know, I was asking him, you know, what advice would you give a new hunter that's getting discouraged, you know, these guys are trying to go hunt public land. You know, Zane's all about the public land like you are. And uh, he was like, man, you just got to put in the work. You know, if, you, <laughs> if you're getting beat to the hole, wake up earlier. Put in some more work. Beat them to the hole.
1: Man, I'm telling you, I know places in Arkansas <laughs> that we hunt that like – and, I mean, pr- when I say this, people are probably going to know exactly where I'm talking about. But there's there's some places there that, you know, you have to be the first one in line to go oh, into absolutely. this place in, in in your truck. And as soon as you go in that morning, you've got to have one designated guy that stays in his truck and misses that day's hunt to hold that spot so that you have it for the next morning.
0: Oh, I yeah, I don't. You know that.
1: they they have to sit in their truck all day long. I mean, and I've done it. I've been that guy. I mean, I've I've had to sit there, and you know, the guy, the rest of the guys bring you food throughout the day, and. You know stuff like that, and you you can't move. You got to stay right <laughs> there. As soon as it as soon as it hits time for everybody to go in, and everybody drives in to go to the place to rush to spots. I mean, you're parked right there at that gate, and you're yep. waiting oh, for yeah. tomorrow. I mean, you know, it's one of those things. If you want to kill, you know, kill ducks, how bad do you want it? Yeah, you know, it's just like us sleeping on the bank and sleeping bags. Man, I mean, <laughs> and I, I will say, I'm not going to take all the credit. I didn't sleep on the bank. Now, Andrew, 100 percent did. He slept fully clothed, waiters on, in a sleeping bag, (laughs) hugged up to a buddy heater all night long. I mean, he got out there at 11 o'clock that night, and he slept till about 5 o'clock. Now, I stayed out there in the parking lot in my truck, and I tried to nap, and it got the best of me about 2 o'clock in the morning. I said, man, I'm scared I'm going to fall asleep, and I'm going to wake up. There's going to be five trucks here. You know? And it ain't going to be none of my people. So I went ahead and I got up and I I carried a buddy heater out there with me. And I just sat on a stool next to my buddy heater until, you know, the rest of the guys got there. You know, it was, but it's like I said, it's how bad do you want it? You know, how bad do you want to kill them birds? I mean, how bad do you want that one epic hunt that you're never going to forget? I mean.
0: Yep. I hear, hear you on that. So speaking of that, uh, you know, I, I last year, if you were to ask me, probably would have had a different answer you know there's all these rumors going around that the central flyway has got more birds and there's a shift in the flyway and yada yada and man i was i was on the line i was i was right there i i think you and me even talked about it a few times i was fully convinced that every bird from the mississippi flyway was slowly shifting to the central flyway uh Can you tell – since you hunt, you know, you hunt the Central Flyway quite a bit, you hunt the Mississippi Flyway quite a bit. Can you tell much of a difference between the Central Flyway and the Mississippi Flyway? You know, the birds acting different or, you know, respond differently? What what are your thoughts? Because I'm real curious about that. You have more knowledge on that than I do.
1: Well, based off of last season, I would have told you yes because – we had so I mean the birds that we were killing here we had so many more birds and they were so much I'm not going to say easier to kill but they weren't as educated and you know then I went to Arkansas and it was rough in Arkansas That's a couple times I went there last year and you know we didn't didn't have a good season there at all I mean I think we might have killed 50 ducks there maximum I'm probably not even that many to be honest with you Oh, last, um,
0: year, last year in Arkansas was rough man it was yeah it was tough
1: it, it was tough for sure but um you know um sage you know sage uh steven's buddy he uh yeah he gave me a really good outlook on uh on it this year when they came up here and hunted because me and him kind of had that conversation this year and you know i asked him his opinion you know he works for du and i kind of wanted to get his opinion on that and you know his knowledge and he said he told me he doesn't think the flyway is shifting he thinks that it's pinching like it's getting smaller because i mean You know, the Central Flyway is pretty much, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, you know, Kansas, Nebraska, the Dakotas, you know, stuff like that. Well, you know, the Delta, he he talked a lot about the Delta and, you know, how that area we feel like is just getting smaller as far as the, the area that the birds are traveling through. I mean like South Southeast Missouri. I mean, them guys had a banger season there this year. Everybody, you know, that I saw that was hunting there was was killing them good. The daybreak guys um, waxed them. Oh man, every Goodness day sakes. every day. Love you, those guys. They you, they crack me up, man.
0: Even <laughs> uh Luke Sarrity from Habitat Flats, I mean, man, they and Ira and Tony and all those guys that they Yeah, when Missouri's hot, it's hot. But oh yeah. Man, when it shuts off, it's dead. Well,
1: see, I think, man, you know, this year was a lot different. You know, they, they talked about the hatch early season, and I was not a believer in, in this bad hatch crap. Like, I was like, there ain't no way. There ain't no way. Like, I just don't believe it. The ducks are going to find a way to have, their you know, their eggs. And, I was you know, I was against it. And as the season went on, man, I mean, I slowly became a believer because, I mean, one, the ducks, we saw pushes of birds, and we saw birds here. And they might have been calendar migrators, but we saw them and they were educated. Like when they got here, they were completely different ducks than the ones we hunted the year before. Those birds were so smart. I mean, you, you could not give them one reason to not want to be where you are or they would get out of there. They could be hitting that spot for a week straight and, I mean, just want it. And then they'd see that one thing and they're like, nope, not going to do it today. And they'd get out of there. I mean, we tried hunting without decoys one time and just a good hide and it still didn't work. They just, they just knew something was up. I mean, you know, so this year and last year were a lot different. Um, also the weather, man, you know, everybody talks about the flyway shift. And I think the weather is the biggest factor in that. Cause if you look at the weather from the last, let's just say three years you know, three seasons that I've been here. The first season I was here, we got snow all the time. All the time we had snow, you know, I think it snowed. I mean, I saw more snow, you know, that first year that I was here than I'd ever seen in my life in Louisiana. I mean, it snowed <laughs> and snowed and snowed. did not take much. <laughs> it, it, was, it was cold. That was my first time ever hunting negative temperatures. I mean, it was it was insane. You know, it was, it was real weather. And then last year, man, we got a lot of snow. We had a lot of really cold days last year. You know, things didn't freeze up here as early. But we, you know, we had, a, you know, we had that and they had snow up north. And that's one thing I've been really preaching on, man. All these guys are like, oh, we're g- it's going to be 30 degrees in North Dakota tomorrow. We should get a push. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not going to get a push because if those, it don't matter if it's cold, those birds are going to figure out how to keep the water open somehow. I mean, it's a survival instinct.
2: Sure. But
1: as long as they've got food to get to, they're not going anywhere. And that, and that doesn't mean as long as there's a bunch of food there. There can, there can be food available anywhere and they'll still leave, but they have to get snow cover. In my opinion, they have to get snow cover. It has to be difficult for them to get food before they're going to leave. I mean, think about it as yourself. If you're in a place, weather's decent, you're not getting shot at, you got plenty of food, you got water, what's the point in leaving? Why, why would you get up and fly, you know, 800 miles south? you know when you got it right there i mean
2: yeah
0: unless I
1: mean, you just want to go on vacation <clears throat> you know <laughs>
2: well
0: i uh, yeah i i kind of agree with you on that you know uh not this past season the season before man i was 100 convinced all the birds are in the central flyway they moved out of arkansas they were just gone you know we we didn't we had one day where we broke ice and that was it and then this year shoot i Man, I don't even know how many times we broke ice. It, it finally got cold. The weather acted right. Killed more ducks this year than last year. So, I mean, I, I don't know. My perspective was a little skewed, I guess. I, You know, the weather was one thing. 20, let's see, 2020, 2021 season, you know, weather was one thing. And then this year, weather got right, we started killing more ducks.
1: So yeah and man you know it's crazy too cuz like this year we had a real wild, a real mild winter this year like it wasn't it wasn't bad we didn't get our first snow here that actually stuck until new year's day No kid I mean that was that was our first snow I mean and we were at Cadillac Creek when that happened Yeah so you know we didn't even get to see that now the guys that I know that were here during that time oh they I mean they demolished it <laughs> I mean it was I mean there was one of one of my guys, the one I was talking about earlier, Dalton. I think they shot like a, it was like a sixteen man limit.
0: Goodness, that sakes. morning.
1: And then there was another group of guys that shot like a ten man that I knew. I mean, they were just. I mean, they everybody was killing them. If you were here, you were killing them. Andrew and them were they were hunting some dry field somewhere. And I mean, first time they'd hunted dry field all year, and they just. I mean, they've smacked them. And it was just, I was like, man, like we're down there at Cadillac <laughs> Creek and we're shooting geese, and they're just killing the mallards. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love killing geese, but man, it's it's always going to be something about that little green headed duck.
0: Oh man, you know? yeah, doesn't matter. There's always something about it when you miss that on a day of green. Oh man, yeah, it's it'll it'll hurt part of your soul. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh it, yeah. No kidding. It's uh, tough on you. Is it the Kansas Wildlife Service or KWS? KWDP, I don't know. (laughs) With you being there for three years now, comparing them to like what Arkansas does or what Tennessee does, do you feel like they're, you know, really doing their job preserving, you know, the wildlife management areas and putting in the work to, you know, make that area a better hunting area or, you know, do they lack? Are they great? You know, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Man, the, uh, the ones that I hunt majority of the
1: time, they do do a lot of work. Um, you know, the one that you've hunted with me before, I mean, they constantly are, you know, doing maintenance out there, like their gate systems. They've been redigging their field ditches. They've been putting in new floodgates. I mean, they've been, um, you know, they plant it every year. Like they'll go out there and plant like Milo and millet and, you know, stuff like that. Um, there's some that are further east of me that I know that I've been to that they actually plant corn. in those refuges. Um, Let's go. (laughs) Well, they, they plant it. I mean, they plant it in there and then they, I I believe they cut it. Um, There is some spots that there is standing corn. um, But, you know, it's, it's not like everybody thinks it is where it's all, there's a, you know, a thousand acres of flooded corn for them to hunt. Like, it's like a small little area, you know, it's just, mainly it's on the refuge. So the birds have a place to go and rest and eat, you know, and it's, I mean, sometimes there's spots in the hunting area. I mean, there's some hunting areas that they plant like those beans. Like they'll plant beans in some of them and they flood it and, you know, all the beans die, but, you know, the ducks can go in there for cover and they can go in there for, you know, invertebrates and stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of different factors, but as far as the ones I've hunted, they do do a lot of maintenance um, and they do do a lot of stuff to, to make the habitat good. I mean, you know, they do a lot of cattail control in the marshes, you know which sometimes sucks because they cut a lot of our cover out for us to hide in. So, you know, it starts to limit spots you can hunt. And, you know, they also have the, uh, that walk-in hunting program here in Kansas where, you know, you can get it on OnX or you can actually download the Kansas walk-in app. And um, they have a lot of fields, you know, some of them have little creeks and ponds on them. I mean, if, as long as, you know, as long as you're hunting, I mean, you can walk, as long as you walk into the place, like anybody can hunt it um there's some some of them that are open from September 1st to May 31st some of them are from September the 1st to January 31st some of them are from November to January you know I mean they do a lot for the public land hunters and stuff like that like just giving people an opportunity to be able to get out there is a big deal because I mean it's like these private properties that we hunt I mean some of these landowners they just don't want you on their field I mean and then there's some of them that they don't care. You can go out there, screw what the game warden said, kill every goose on my property. And, <laughs> you know, and then there's there's some of them that hold that hand out and want money. I mean, that's, you know, but that's, if you want to hunt their field, you got to pay the, you got to pay the toll.
2: Yeah.
0: You know I mean? Yeah. But, I hear, you know, and you.
1: It, it just makes it easier for people like, you know, like turkey hunting, you know me, I'm a big turkey hunter. I mean, I hunt majority public. Um, I don't think I've killed a turkey on private land and, you know, in my life, you know, every time I've ever hunted on private land for a turkey, I've gotten beat by. Them. <laughs> so, so it's it's always public land you know I've killed a lot of them on these walk-in areas up here I think I've killed one on, on one of the little NWR like wildlife areas up here the rest of them have been walk-ins um, you know it's they do a lot I mean it's a lot more than what I've seen in other places I know I hear a lot of people in Louisiana that, that complain a lot about it and Louisiana really doesn't do much I know Arkansas is starting to kind of not really do a lot anymore The the duck hunters a thing of the past to them is, is how it seems, you know, as far as, you know, not flooding places for people to hunt, and, you know, no water and, you know, not doing any kind of maintenance and stuff like that. There's a lot of them that are like that. I mean, they take care of some, I'm sure, but I don't know. Well, I'm not trying to bad mouth them or oh, nothing, yeah, but...
0: it, I'm 50, 50 on this. I mean, I, I get where they're coming from. You know, this year's the big deal in Arkansas was let's not put water on all this uh, public land. Because we have to conserve the trees, totally get that. But man, calling that so close to season and having to push guys to other areas made it made things a little bit difficult. You know, I understand like uh, was that place near Stuttgart. They uh, they didn't have water there until like December eighteenth. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I know that hurt that that area just because all the guide services and big clubs in that area. You know, they rely on holding those birds in that area, trying to conserve the trees. You know, if you keep putting water on it and killing the trees off, you're not going to have anywhere to hunt. I don't know, just different well, then, practices, different another, years.
1: You know, another thing, my outlook on that too is, man, them them woods have been getting flooded naturally for how many years now? <laughs>
0: Shoot. I mean, no, <laughs> you know? since, uh, what, the uh, 50s? Yeah. I Something mean, like I, that?
1: I, I don't really think it's, you know, the trees are hurting that bad from it.
0: <laughs> but, well, yeah, I mean, when, I mean, once they go dormant you know to me it doesn't matter but yeah
1: they, they go dormant and they fall down that just opens up another hole for somebody to hunt you exactly know I mean? yeah yeah um, i mean
0: it's it just nature you know if it naturally flooded like that back in the day and the tree fell it kind of is what it is you know it, it, it'll the tree falls over creates new opportunity regrowth regen, regeneration in the forest i mean I yeah, I mean, but, tree
1: decomposes. I mean, you know, goes back into the earth. I mean, you would think that would,
0: you know, that would help. Exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. So just adds to the landscape. But man, that's a I could go off on that. That's a whole other podcast <laughs> in itself. But <laughs> right. uh just uh, I know you got a a YouTube channel. I, I've seen your videos. I, I apologize. I can't remember the name of it. What uh, what's your YouTube channel called?
1: It's Dixie Six Outfitters. Um. And maybe might have an underscore here and there. I mean, I haven't been on there. I've only posted one video, and I haven't really had a, had time to make any new ones. So it's been kind of a, a process. I just got that deal started up this year, man. I mean, most of my stuff that I do is on uh, on my Instagram, and you know, I post what I can on TikTok because you know TikTok. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they don't they don't like to see us doing what we like to do, but you know, they can show everything else on there, but. We're not going to. That's a whole nother podcast in itself, too. Yeah. Well, I was going to say so.
0: So, for everybody listening, what, uh, how can they find you on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube? You know, I'm sure I know, man, you post some badass content. I, I know props to Haley on that because, uh, I know you're not taking that good of a photo. <laughs> 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 yeah
1: no my uh my tiktok and my instagram are both uh jess underscore dixie six outfitters and it's the number six it's not the word um yeah man Haley, she uh she definitely changed the game for us this year man i mean she's gotten so much good content i mean that girl she, she bless her heart she works just as hard as the rest of us do when we're out here hunting i mean she's She's not just the photographer that shows up and, you know, sits in the truck till it's time to get out and hunt. I mean, that girl, she she puts decoys out. She, uh, I mean, takes amazing pictures. She's starting to get into the video and thing, and she's getting really good at it. Um, man, she's, uh, she's out there with us. You know, you've had those late nights where we're out there all night long. She's out there with us just the same. I mean, you know, she's taking pictures, and she's still shooting her gun here and there, and. You know, that was an experience for her. She actually got to go uh, on that Cadillac Creek trip with us. Um, I, I actually got it to where originally it was, uh, was going to be um, – she was going to come out there and just take pictures and not shoot. Well, we had a few guys back out, and um, they actually – they had already paid their deposit, which they weren't going to get back, so we were missing two guys that had already paid deposits. So they basically just made it to where, you know what, she can shoot. Y'all have already paid this much money. So she actually got to shoot at Cadillac Creek, which she was freaking out about because she didn't think she was going to get to. And <laughs> she actually got to. And she, took I mean, I'm not going to say she shot a lot. She did, she did shoot, but she was, uh, she killed her birds, but she, um, she took a lot of good pictures, a lot of good content, man. And, you know, we're still living off of the fire from all that content she got. I mean, this, the pictures that girl took, you know, there's no way we would have got that with an iPhone. Oh, no, you know? absolutely so,
0: yeah, I mean, photographers, and has man, a, they, they got an eye for stuff that you and me would
1: never even notice. Oh, I'm telling you, man. And that's one reason I hired her. You know, I could have hired any other photographer out there. And, you know, she – I saw her stuff. I saw what she posted and, you know, the pictures she took. And she just had an eye that was, to me, in my opinion, and some people might disagree, I don't really care, but in my opinion, she had an eye that nobody else had for stuff. And she got some pictures that, like – in a million years, I wouldn't have never thought to take that picture. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and it and she's awesome with her editing. And I mean, she gets it done real fast. I mean, just about every time she's ever been up here, which she was dang near here the whole season, just about every time she's been up here, like I've got all my pictures before she leaves.
0: That's awesome. You know,
1: just because in her free time, she'll sit here and edit and get it done. I mean, there's times she'll sit over there in the corner and she don't talk for three hours and everybody thinks <laughs> she's mad about something, but she's on that computer working, you know, she, She definitely does that and puts in the work. And she's been on, uh, I would say, about 90% of the good hunts we
0: had this year, she was there. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, being uh, able to capture that moment, too. I mean, uh, uh, you know, when you're hunting, man, you got your dog focusing on the birds, decoys, everything else. You don't have time to pull your phone out and try and get a picture of birds coming in or somebody shooting at it. And, and every you dang once sure a...
1: ain't going to get one that's that clear. I mean, no, that camera she's got no, is – that camera and that lens, I mean, that lens is huge. I mean, <laughs> I say, I've had to carry that camera and that lens in a bag before, and uh, that thing's heavy. And oh, there's no doubt about it's, that. Uh, it's not an easy one. But, yeah, she – man, you know, that was one of the things when she first came. You know, I'm the one that hired her, and she's like, well, you want me to take pictures of everybody or just you and this and that? Like, you're the one paying me and this and that. I told her, I said, said, I'm not really that worried about me. I said, just you do what you do. Like, if I'm in a picture, like, I don't care if you take more pictures of these people or this person. I mean, I'd rather you take more pictures of my dog than me.
0: Yeah. I mean, Uh, personally. Oh, Titan's a stud. Oh, yeah. He's laid up. He's laid up, <laughs> the big he's old
1: laid up over there. He, his big self is laid up over there guarding the back door like he is every night. He gets in his house and that's it in the evening time. He goes to sleep and I don't see him until 8 o'clock the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, He knows it's that time of the year now. He knows it's over. so yeah,
0: He's nice and bored now. Just getting fat and happy.
1: Oh, I'm telling you, man. It's, that dude, he's something else. But he's, <laughs> uh, he's been a good dog, man. This is This is his third season and I want to say that you know, between ducks and geese, I mean, he's probably well over, man, four, four to 5,000 birds that he's picked up. I mean, he's, he's been a, he's been rolling since he was a little over a year old and man, he's, I tell everybody, he's not the, the most insane duck dog you've ever seen out there, but that guy right there, he gets it, you know, he, he does what he was trained to do and that's all I ask for, you know, I mean, I, and sometimes I ask a lot more of him than I should, I mean, you've seen the pictures and the videos of the, the days when it's you know frozen up outside <laughs> he's just a, a ice, sheet of ice. oh yeah man i mean he's he's a whole sheet of ice and people are like i can't believe that that you don't you know that you let him do that and that you take him out there and i'm like i don't understand there's times where he gets like that and i try to get him to not go in the water and i'm like i'll go get the birds and he don't care when when birds hit the water that that dog's gonna go get them oh yeah man, he doesn't he doesn't
2: yeah, he don't care right. how
1: cold that water is. I mean, that dude, he's. Last year was a real rough year for him, though, man. He had a lot of. Uh, we had a lot of foot injuries last year. You know, he. Uh, I think it was, during till season, or, no, it was. It was. Yeah, it was during till season. Um, or no, it was during big duck. He uh, he got a um, uh, got a. They called it a cheat seed or something like that in between his paws. And it uh it got lodged in there and got infected and we didn't know until he started you know favoring that foot and uh, I took him to the vet and they had to cut it out and clean it out and he had to stay off of it you know couldn't hunt couldn't get in you know water and stuff for it was about two weeks he ended up missing the Missouri opener and um I got him back uh, back to going again he was all healed up and when there in December we started killing those mallards at the loves and man he uh he got in there and that place we were hunting i mean it had from what i was told it had zebra muscles and he got cuts on the bottom of all his feet all four of his feet and we had no idea until he started really like you could tell something was wrong and we checked his feet out and all four of his feet were infected
2: oh so we had
1: to i had to take him to the vet and get him you know get him fixed up again and you know he got that got that out of the way by the time you know goose season started and you know snow goose and you know, he was good there for a while. And, you know, this year, I mean, we've been, thank God, I mean, we've been good, no injuries, which I have started to pay a lot more attention to his feet, you know, just because it was something I didn't really think to look at whenever I should have been thinking about it. And, you know, started paying more attention to his feet. And every day when we get back to the house, you know, I check them out. I got this bottle of spray peroxide. If it looks like they're a little red, I'll spray some of that in there to clean them and stuff like that. You know, he hates it. He don't like it when people touch his
0: feet, but He's just going to have to get over that. we got to take care of him. but It's good to, uh, good to know. I mean, shoot, there's no telling whoever's listening. I mean, shoot, I mean, you, you definitely got to take care of your dog's feet. I We hunted my dog one day and parked, parked the truck, rode in about two miles on the four-wheeler. And by the time we got to the blind, realized he had a Jesus thorn stuck in his freaking paw pad. And man, I hated it for him because, you know, other than him being my best friend, I mean, he's – He's one of the MVPs of duck season, man. He he picks up all the ducks. I don't have to. So. Yeah, I'm
1: telling you, man. He uh, they earn it. That's for sure. And you know, and it and it kills them. You know, I think it kills them worse than it does you. Whenever you got to leave them at home, I mean, you know, when they get hurt and they can't go. I mean, they know you're. They see you hooking up to that boat or that trailer and walking outside with camo on at three o'clock in the morning. And they know you're going without them. You know, oh, they, they're, yeah, they absolutely to go. Bro they're wanting to go and, you know, and, you know, you have to tell them, Hey man, you know, you got to stay here. You're hurt. And it, and it hurts me to, to do that. You know, it's one of them things, but, you know, I'd rather him sit out a few hunts and get better and be back to hundred percent than, you know, be able to not be able to go. I mean.
0: Yeah. I'm right there with you on that. I, my dog comes first, man. He, he's sleeping right here next to me snoring. I don't even know if you he can hear it, but man, he's just the happiest dog ever. Oh, yeah.
1: They always are, man, especially whenever that bird hits the water. That's that's their time to shine. I mean, mine, man, I think when he comes back, he does this little prancing move. If you ever watch any of the videos of him when he finally hits dry land, he does this little – it looks like he's prancing. Like he's trying to show – He's you know, he's bowing his chest, trying to show you, yeah, I'm back, I'm back. He's bragging about that bird. He's like, yeah, it's all mine. Oh, yeah, he's something else, man. That dude, he's – he lives a good life, man. He's, he's, he's a real – you know how he is. He's a real sweet dog. and You know, everybody loves him. I mean, he comes around. He just wants everybody to pet him. And
0: he's oh, a big-time
1: he, attention whore, that's for oh, sure. I, I
0: know. He loves laying up on the couch with you. I know that.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. He will get up here in a heartbeat if I let him. He'll sit here all night. As long as he's close to
0: me, he don't care. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, Jess, man, I, I appreciate having you on. Man, I'm glad to have, have you on the uh, first podcast back. You know, I know it's been a while, but, uh, one more time, man, tell everybody how they can find you on social media. You know, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you if they ever wanted to book a hunt or, you know, at least reach out, ask for some advice.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, you can, like I said, my Instagram is, and TikTok. They're both Jess underscore Dixie six outfitters. Um, I've got a Facebook, um, Jess Todd Farrington. You can find me on there. Um, more than likely my profile picture is going to be something about hunting (laughs) <laughs> uh, won't be hard to find um man I, I do a lot of stuff like that uh my snapchat is uh you know during hunting season it's usually pretty exciting but this time of the year well turkey season's coming up so it'll be pretty exciting there but yeah uh, i was gonna say it,
0: it, the turkey guillotine's coming out
1: oh yeah that's well I'm, I'm going after the bow i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do the guillotine this year but i do have a little uh a little something i'm gonna attempt if i get the opportunity to do it that uh nobody's done before i'm not gonna tell anybody what it is <laughs> they'll just have to check instagram if i get it done if it happens but uh yeah my snapchat it's uh j todd 900 um you know that's pretty well where i stay pretty well live um a lot of other stuff um my photographer uh she posts a lot of stuff on her instagram that you know from our hunts and She's definitely one you should give a follow if you can. Hers, her name's Haley Howard. Um, it's spelled H-A-Y-L-E-Y, not the, you know, a little bit different. <laughs> but uh, she's on there. Check her out. Um, she's always posting some good stuff. She posts a lot. I mean, that's pretty much all her pages is, is hunting stuff. If you like seeing stuff get killed and kill pictures and action shots and videos. And she's definitely the one to follow for that. Cause she gets all the action on that camera. So. Oh yeah.
0: I was going to say, I, I feel like most people by now should be following her on Instagram at least. I mean, she's posting stuff for, I think she works for split read or. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She does work for split read, uh, rolling thunder. Um, I'm trying to think who else, um, uh, she did some stuff for TSS shot, uh, Blake rice, um, a few other people, uh, Yeah, if you're not following her, you're missing out. If you want to see some good stuff, because I mean, it ain't just my smile and mug you got to look at. (laughs) She's got got some. She's got some good good hunting content. Oh there's no doubt. She travels this country taking pictures for people, which I mean, that's that's what she loves to do, and she does
0: a very good job of it. Well, the only only thing she's missing her and her portfolio is coming to my place cuz been inviting you all for years and uh there's always some excuse that comes up. Oh man, we couldn't make it. Oh, hey, it was <laughs> your it was
1: your fault this year. It was your fault this year. We yeah, were planning man, I, was, I was ready. I have was, was, done cleared my dates for that.
2: One. <laughs> yeah, we'll
1: got... we'll get up there. Uh we should get up there this year, man. If uh I mean, I I know we'll be there. Um during thanksgiving week or thanksgiving weekend we you know i go to duck gumbo every year so you need to make sure you're there for that one for sure if you Uh, can get away i've been trying Uh, we're uh we're gonna do we do duck gumbo i actually think this year we're um we're gonna get an airbnb there around stuttgart Uh, it's gonna be a few of us and we're actually gonna try to book a hunt not sure who we're gonna book with quite yet but we're gonna try to get an outfitter hunt just so we can have a relaxing weekend don't have to do any scouting you know just a fun weekend for all of us so if you want to get in on that let me know we might get down there and all of us get together we can get a hunt booked and stay in an Airbnb Uh, I've got my eyes on one that I stayed in during snow goose season down there it's pretty much a hunting lodge but you know individuals can book it out and stuff so we're going to get one for that weekend it's about five minutes from Stuttgart so we don't have very far to drive so out and we'll be down there for that and definitely going to try to get down there and get with you this year for sure
0: we got the new farm got the same house and uh man we're ready we're going down to arkansas here in a few weeks we're really excited about that opportunity and then oh yeah well i
1: hope so man i hope we get a winner this year that'd be good for everybody everybody have a good season i mean i'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of everybody in the industry, man. I love uh, I love watching everybody kill ducks. I don't like to be the only one doing it, and I don't like to be the one not doing it. So
0: yeah, <laughs> I hear you on that. Well, Jess, I appreciate your time tonight, man, and uh, I can't wait to see you at the wedding. Hopefully, I see you before then. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on, and yeah, we'll figure something out. <laughs> All
1: right, man. If well, thanks. I'll see you
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Jess. Bye, right,
1: brother. See you, man.